Hey yo, welcome to another episode of Put 30 on the Clock. I'm Coach Phil and as usual, let's get right to it. As players, I know it is super, super frustrating to hear one thing from those who are in charge of you, those who are responsible for you, your leadership, and they say one thing and then they do another. And it's almost as if, especially when they do one thing, they say one thing, do another, and then act like you don't see it. And it's weird because all of these people, a lot of times they're former players and they have vivid memories of when they were in your seat. But somehow there was a disconnect once they became um, someone with authority, like a coach or athletic director, principal, um, I don't know, AAU organizer, you know, manager, whatever, whatever position of authority they have, there's like a switch somewhere where they just feel like, you're not going to see what they do or they're going to outsmart you. And it's like, I know it's super frustrating to watch these, let's call it what it is, to watch these hypocrites in action. So this episode, Hoopers, is not really going to be for you, for you, but it's going to be for you in a sense on how to navigate that. This is more me talking to those of us who are in that position of authority and act like our players don't recognize what's going on in real time. So I want to use three examples that I was able to like pretty much come up with off the top of my head. Right now, we're watching the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets play in the NBA Finals. It is June of 2023, so whatever year you hear this. And uh, the, key, the, the thing that keeps coming up with Miami is that they have seven undrafted players on their roster, and that's like a record. You know, these guys are getting big-time minutes. They're responsible for contributing to the fact that they're in the Finals to begin with. Um, they, they had, they all had big moments. I mean, Jimmy Butler is the unquestioned leader and star of that team. However, that team wouldn't be anywhere near the finals if these undrafted players didn't step up and contribute in major ways. I mean, even, you know, there's several times where these guys were the leading scorer and Jimmy would take a backseat because that guy's got it going. Gotta love that Miami culture, right? But I'm a Knicks fan. Let's not get it twisted. But it's like Miami has seven undrafted players. And I bring that up because you have to go to where you're wanted. One of them was Caleb Martin. He was cut from the Charlotte Hornets, found a home in Miami, and started hooping for them and is a big contributor as to why they're even in the finals to begin with, right? You got to go to where you're wanted. One, one person's trash is another person's treasure, and he's a perfect example of that. And yet, we still are going to make a big fuss and complaint about all of these kids entering the transfer portal in the NCAA. They're always going to be seen as not willing to take some adversity. They're always going to be seen as weak and chasing something, thinking the grass is greener somewhere else. Could you say that to those seven undrafted players in Miami? Could you say that to Caleb Martin? Oh, the circumstances and the blah, blah, blah. You go where you are wanted. And just because you committed somewhere doesn't mean they want you there. And now that these kids have the ability to leave whenever they want without punishment, without residue or side effect, now all of a sudden they can't handle adversity. That's a conflicting message to a young person. Then you have like the IQ. There's two things with IQ. You have coaches who say, oh, you guys need to have some basketball IQ. I can't coach every single thing that you got to do. So these coaches will put you in a play or a set. And then they say that they want you to have some, you know, make some decisions within that set. Right. And then when you make a decision and it doesn't work out, you get pulled immediately. Well, how much room did you leave for that player to make a decision if when they make a decision you didn't like, they automatically get punished? You think the next time when they get put in that position, they're going to think? They're going to make their own decisions? 
or they're just going to do the safe thing that allows them to keep playing, that safe thing that allows them to stay on the court. Safe will never lead to improvement. Safe will never lead to improvement, lead to improvement. So if you have a focus on making your team better, you have to allow your players to be a little unsafe, make mistakes, turn the ball over so that way they can learn from it and grow. But you can't have it both ways. They can't be safe and better. That doesn't work. And you know that. The other thing with IQ is, you know, there's a big complaint that the, the players and even I have made this complaint, right? Today's players lack IQ. They have all the skill in the world, but they don't know anything about the game. I've made that complaint, right? But then those very same players, this is where I get, this is my stop. This is where I get off the bus, right? These very same people vigorously recruit these low IQ high skill players and spend zero time teaching them anything. So you complain about the thing that they lack, which is very important. The IQ is very important. You complain that they lack it, but you vigorously try to accumulate as many of these players as you can so you can go into these bigger tournaments and see how far you can use their name to advance your own career or blah, blah, blah. There's a whole bunch of stuff involved as to why you do that, but you don't even know if these guys have chemistry. You don't even know if they know each other, if they like each other. You're just trying to gather as many of the best players as you possibly can, even though in your words, they are as dumb as bricks. All right. And you spend zero time giving them any of that IQ that you complain that they don't have. So it's like you don't like these players, but you want all of them and you want all of them and to stay the exact same way that you said you didn't like them. Oh, my goodness. All right. So as players, once players start recognizing their own leverage in the situation and understanding that they don't need you like that, they can go somewhere else. They start to realize the reality of the situation. And it's like, coach is a clown. This organization is a clown. Am I even going to spend any time here? It's a good chance they're not even going to stick around. But if they do stick around, the respect is already gone because they've already labeled you as a hypocrite. They labeled you as someone who may not know what they're doing or perhaps one of the worst things that you don't even know what you want. You don't even know why you're here. They kind of see you as somebody who's here for all the wrong reasons. So now as being under someone who doesn't know what they're doing, uh, under someone who's a hypocrite or someone who doesn't even know what they want, what do you think their actions are going to do? Their actions are going to become selfish because they recognize that you are selfish. They recognize that you are using their talents, their time, their energy, their effort. You are trying to gather as many of them as you can to make yourself look good, to make your organization look good, to make your program look good. That is a very selfish motivation if you are not willing to give to the very players who are contributing to that. Give them the IQ. Give them the skill. Give them the 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 life lessons. If you're not willing to give back to them, they see you as 100% selfish and they're right. So they are going to be selfish. They are going to chase stats. They are going to chase highlights. They're going to see you as a playground because you kind of quote unquote need them. They, you came knocking on their door. They didn't come knocking on your door. So they're going to, their actions are going to become selfish, right? And when their actions are selfish, what's the first thing you do? You complain about how selfish they are. You complain that all they care about is likes and views. You complain that all they care about is who's in the stands and who they can flex on and, and talk and trash this and that. And to be honest with you, some players come preset like that. Some people are selfish. I'm not saying that you're wrong and that because I've been in that coaching position too. You have, you have selfish players all the time. 
But how many players walked in selfish versus how many players became selfish as a result of dealing with you is two different things. If you have somebody that became selfish because they realized this is not a place they should be spending their time, but for whatever reason, they're stuck here. If they became selfish, that's on you. And it takes quite a bit of work to undo that if you're willing to do that work. It would first start with like a, hey, I recognize X, Y, and Z. I see where that went wrong. That's my bad. We're going to start from here and we're going to go from this point. But I recognize where I was wrong and that, you know, but you know, how many, how many coaches are going to acknowledge that they're wrong to their players? That's a whole nother, (laughs) that's a whole nother thing for a whole nother day. But they're not going to, they're not going to, give you what you're looking for because the respect they had for you, they threw that out a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? They they threw that out a long time ago because they recognize that they're dealing with a hypocrite, right? So we could preach all the morals that we want. We can preach about all the things they should be doing and all the life lessons they should be learning, right? But you got to understand, they live in the house. You know what I'm saying? The message sound good to the public, but the public don't go home with you. The message sounds good to to strangers, but the strangers ain't with you all the time. These players live with you, not literally, but, you know, uh, metaphorically, uh, they live with you. They see you every day. They see you at practice. They know if you're prepared for practice or not. They know if you're prepared for games or not. They know how you address people in private. They know you. You spend too much time with them. And they know when you're full of crap. So while everybody else may be, you know, extolling you and everybody else may be praising you for, you know, what you're, you know, you're leading a great group of men and you're doing a good job, da, 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 taking credit for what their parents have done. They see right through you. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to do me. Like, I promise you, people don't, you know, when people quit their jobs, you know, for the most part, they don't quit their jobs a day of unless they already got something lined up. They got, you know, people ain't really responsible with their money unless they got, you know, some money saved up. You got some people that can support them. People don't really quit their job on the spot. People quit their jobs um, when they have something else lined up. So you want to, as a coach, administrator, whatever, you want to see in your players if they've already started applying for other jobs. And it shows itself at practice. You know, when they start yes sirring you, right? <laughs> if you coach, you know what I'm talking about. If they start yes sirring you, conversations become short. They start avoiding you. They don't really listen to what you say. They don't respond to your threats. They um they almost didn't hear your threat. They didn't hear what you said. Um, they lose interest. When you start seeing that change of behavior, rest of, there's a really good chance they've already started applying for other positions. And uh, they probably got something lined up. When they find something, that don't mean you're gonna see it. They might be able to, they might be able to have a hell of a poker face, right? But you gotta be aware of the fact that this whole God complex, where it's my way or the highway, I'm the head coach. You gotta listen to me. You gotta do this. You gotta do it. That's over with. That's over with. Because more important than talking to the kid, the parents at home ain't going for that. The parents at home would be like, "Yo, we're gonna transfer. We're getting you out of there." You're dealing with the adults now. The adults are willing to take their kids out of a bad situation and move it to a better one. So for good coaches, good coaches have to suffer for when players and parents don't want to take accountability. That happens all the time. I'm not saying it's a 100% thing, but what I am saying is that the unspoken thing, what does not get any attention is when 
the coaches are bad or when the system is bad or the culture is bad or the administration is bad. I've seen an administration totally handcuff a coach to where the coach couldn't do what he wanted to do. So now the coach looks bad, but it's really the administration. Like, tr- like, and it's a long story, but it's like, I've seen the administration hand- handcuff a coach. So it's like, now these kids are going to leave because it's not a good situation. When do we take accountability as the adults? It's always the kid's fault. And that's crazy to me. I've always, I've always found that's wild. It's almost as if we've forgotten what it's like to be 15. Like we've forgotten what it's like to be in high school, what it's like to be in college, what it's like. The pros, people don't have any sympathy because there's money involved and you're an adult. All right, cool. But at all amateur levels, it's like, when do the adults take accountability? They never do. It never happens, at least not publicly. So I want, I wanted to, 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 to speak on that because it can't always be the kid's fault. It, it, no one is batting a thousand percent. If you think that you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. It can't always be that the kid is wrong. No one's perfect. But yet in our public, you know, the way we see these things is always the kids running from responsibility, running from accountability, running from adversity instead of, st- you know, you know, staying 10 toes down. Why would you stay 10 toes down in a terrible environment? How about we have the opportunity to get out of bad situations and search for better ones? Is anyone going to get that right? Everybody's not going to be a hundred percent. They not bet. The kids ain't batting a thousand. The kids are not batting a thousand. Sometimes they think the grass is greener and they are wrong. But the freedom to be able to exercise that right shouldn't be vilified the way it is. Right. And we see these things as they all pertain to the conflicting messages that our players have to hear all the time. If our players are constantly dealing with the conflicting messages from their own coaches, their own schools, you know, the general public, the things they see in social media, if they're constantly having to deal with conflicting messages, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do what they want because there are too many forces that they actually respect enough to consider that are fighting each other. And at the end of the day, if everyone's an expert and everyone's on completely opposite ends, that means no one knows what they're doing. I'm going to do what I want. This is Coach Phil. I'm glad you spent this time with me today. It's about that time to go. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Send this to somebody that needs to hear it, player, coach, administrator, because you know somebody that needs to hear it. Appreciate appreciate y'all spending this time. Y'all be good.